be at the uh, meeting again this year. Count it an honor. Appreciate Brother Mark. Love him. Did you enjoy that preaching? I love to come back to these meetings just to see how everybody's aged. Of course, I've got some uh, bad news, good news, and bad news. Bad news is I've turned uh, 63. Everybody still thinks I'm 62. Uh, The good news is I can do anything today that I could do as a 16-year-old. Think about that. Anything today that I could do when I was 16. Bad news is I was a sorry 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I see Brother Milton Taylor. I hadn't seen him in several years. A precious, precious brother. Great preacher and uh, what a prayer warrior. He's coming about out, back out of uh, Israel one time, and that plane, I thought, was going down. So I watched him pray. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if I could get through, but I knew he could. So, obviously it worked. We're here. The book of the Revelation, I want to uh, read a few verses here. Uh, The Lord has laid it upon my heart for the duration of my preaching to refresh our hearts as far as the church is concerned. I'm not going to preach on the each individual churches, the seven churches, but I'm going to draw out of here and say some things that uh, I hope will refresh us and remind us of how precious she is, the bride. Look in verse number one. The Bible said the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Drop down to verse number four, John to the seven churches, which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, to the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse number 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, also am your brother and companion in tribulation, in kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet say, 
I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book. Send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Drop down, if you will, to verse number 20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. And then let us uh, just look at his brief uh, recognition of each one of these churches. Chapter 2, verse 1, unto the angel of the church at Ephesus write. Uh, verse number 8, unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write. Verse 12, unto the angel of the church in Pergamos write. Verse 18, unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write. Chapter 3, and verse 1, unto the angel of the church in Sardis write. Verse 7 of chapter 3, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? And then in verse number 14, unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, right? I want to preach this morning for a few moments on her. And I want to say to begin with, I love her. I'm talking about the bride the body and the building of Christ. Yes. And I would say it this way, that without her, I would have never known him. She told me about him, and she's the only one that could. She preached to me, and she's the only one that could. Amen. She has prayed for me, and she's the only one that could. She has shown me his love, his joy, and his peace, and she's the only one that could. She was around in the first century. She's still around in the 21st century. She's going to be around in glory because I read about her wedding, and she's going to be there. I could say that everything I know about him, she taught me. She taught me to pray to him. She taught me to sing about him. She taught me to praise him. Everything I am spiritually, I got from her. And she got it from him. She's the one that took me in. That's right. And she's the one that sent me out. Yes. I love her, don't you? Yes. I love her, the Dick Limbles, the Marcel Harrisons, the Mr. LaFoy's, the Van and Julia Prophets, and the John and Marta Greens, the Nita and Guy Pattersons, the Doug Jones. I love her. 
I realize this world accounts her as an old maid. They somehow think she's lived beyond her time, worn out her welcome, and gotten to where she's in the way. But I'm here to tell you, I love her. And he loves her. Because without her, I'm not talking about pews and carpets and chandeliers. I'm talking about those who have been born of the Spirit with life from above. I'm talking about those who have been washed in his blood. Those who have been born again. I love her. Because without her, I would have never known him. Without her, I would not even know where I would be today. Now there are three thoughts that I want to elaborate on in reference to her. I'm talking about the church, the bride, the body, and the building. First of all, I want to say to you that in her, in the church, we find his people. I mean by that we find only his people. That's right. And we find all of his people. Yes. His people is not to be found in organizations and institutions. They're found in the body. They're found in the bride. Yes. And they're found in the building. Yes, his church is local. Yes, his church is historical. But his church is also spiritual. That's right. In her we find his people. She belongs to him. Thank God. And she belongs only to him. That's right. And no one else. And the thing that I notice about her as I look at these seven churches is twofold. One, I realize that the scripture emphasizes there are seven churches churches. In verse number 4, chapter 1, he mentions them in verse number 11. Also, they're enumerated in chapter 2 and chapter number 3. And of course, we realize that 7 is God's number. It's a number of perfection and completion. And it's in reference to her that in the sight of God, she's perfect. She's perfect. Uh, He's going to present her one of these days, and I don't know how that's going to happen because I'm a part of her, without spot and without blemish. And when he, I tell you, when God looks at her, God sees him. And when God looks at you and me, he doesn't see us. He sees the perfection of Christ. Hallelujah. She's perfect. Now, to this old world, she may not look pretty. But she looks pretty to him because she's his bride. When he looks at her, he sees beauty. He sees a darling. Uh, He sees his bride. Hallelujah. And I'm glad he does. She is perfect in Christ. But yet as his people, we realize from these seven churches that she is also imperfect. Because within her, I could say it this way, 
And I'm glad the Word of God is honest all the way through about us. Whether it's talking about Abraham and his sins or David and his sins or you and I as far as the church is concerned. And if you are a part of the church, uh, what you realize, if you've been a part of it long, that those people are not perfect in the physical sense or in the flesh. In other words, I notice that in her, as she belongs to him, in her imperfections, you'll find the good, the bad, and the ugly. Of course, they tell us that in America, one out of every three people is ugly. If you'll look to the person on your right, if they're not ugly, look to the person on your left. And if they're not ugly, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and some of you is not even bothering to look. But as I notice in this text, I find the good. He emphasizes the good to these churches. You can take your time and read chapter 2 and chapter number 3 on your own and pick up on it. I notice that he says to the church at Ephesus, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. He said, I see some, some good things there. Uh, he says to the church at, uh, at Smyrna, he mentions her works also in verse number 9. And also the fact that she's enduring tribulation. He says to the church at Pergamos in chapter 2 and verse number 13, he said, I, I recognize your faith and I, I see the faithful there, even the martyr uh, that has been martyred. He says in verse number 19 to the church at Thyatira, I see your service. Look at that verse. I know thy works and thy charity and thy service and thy faith and thy patience. He goes on to the church at Sardis and mentions, of course, her suffering and the things that she's gone through uh, for him. And then the church at Philadelphia, he mentions her works and her faithfulness and and even her little strength. He, he goes on and he, he, he elaborates a little bit, first of all, on the good of her, his people, the bride, the body, and the building. And I want to say to you, I want to thank God for all the good I've gotten out of her. And it far outweighs any of the bad or the ugly. I have been a part of her for 49 years. Hallelujah. As you mentioned how long some have been saved. I've been saved going on 49 years. And I'm here to tell you that I have gotten a lot of good out of her. Matter of fact, I say I love her. Because without her, I wouldn't have known him. And everything I am, again, spiritually, I say to you, that came out of her, out of the church, out of the bride. Thank God for the good. And can we all who sit here this evening say thank God for all of the blessings and benefits that have come our way just for being a part of the body, the building, and the bride. There is, thank God, the good. 
then uh, he notices that there is some bad in there. And he mentions some of the things that are bad. And by the way, before you fly off the handle, because you found out that somebody wasn't perfect in the church, and run off and join another church because you want to find a perfect church, when you join that church, it will cease to be perfect. Because you're as imperfect as the next person. I have often said, if you knew me like I've known me over the years, you probably wouldn't want to hear me preach. But before you turn up your halo, if I knew you like you've known you over the years, I probably wouldn't want to preach to you. But the truth of the matter is, there's nobody sitting here that is perfect and has not had some blemishes and there has not shown up some bad. And in all of these churches, he... He goes through them and he mentions some of the bad stuff. He said to Ephesus, the problem with you is you've left your first love. He said to Sardis, the thing about you is you are dead. He said to Laodicea, you, you are lukewarm. And, and uh, he, he, uh, he elaborates on some of those things that are bad. And I know that there's bad as far as the church is concerned. There's good. And I tell you, I'm not ignorant to it. There's some bad. That's right. Then every now and then we run into the ugly. And I, I don't, I, you know, I, I think the words Satan's mentioned five times there. The devil's mentioned a couple of times. But if you want one that will emphasize it more than anything else, it's in verse number 20. It said Jezebel was in one of them churches. Now that's downright ugly. So what I'm saying to you is in her is his people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But what I want to report to you is he still loves her. The good, the bad, and the ugly, he still loves her. She's still his bride. Hallelujah. In her we find his people. The second thing that I would emphasize to you is that in her, I'm talking about the bride, the body, and the building. Did I say to you, I love her? I love her. Because without her, I'd have never known him. In her is not only his people, in her is his passion. In her is his heart throb. This is evident and it is shown in three ways. I think, first of all, and and what I want you to understand is, she's not his hobby. The church is not his side job. And she's certainly not his second love. She is his passion. And I would say it this way, she's his only Passion. I see that by the references of of his beginning. He keeps talking about being Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end in verse 8 and then verse number 11. And then he says in verse 17, I am the first and the last. And then in chapter number 3, he refers to himself as the beginning of the creation of God. And here's the emphasis that I see in that. 
is that ever how far back you want to go, you're going to find Him. That's right. He's all the way into eternity. As far back as you can go in the beginning. But what I understand is from these texts that as far as long as there has been a Him, for as long as there has been a Him, for as long as there has been a Him, He's been thinking about her. <laughs> Are you hearing me? He was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. If you want to know what he was thinking about in eternity past, his passion was not creation, but salvation. His, his passion was her. Hallelujah. And he's not lost that flame. He still loves her with that passion. She is the object of his attention. She is the object of his affection. She is not one among many, but she is his all, thank God, and all. The emphasis is not only in the beginning, the emphasis is in the blood. And that he was willing to give his all for her. He didn't just give her a ring or a necklace. He gave her his life. He shed his blood, the Bible said in verse number 5. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in what? His own blood. Oh, I'm going to tell you. He created this world, Isaiah said, by the moving of his fingertips. That same finger that wrote on that ground that Brother Mark was talking about is the same fingers that created the universe. But here I want to say to you, he didn't have to put his all in making the universe. Uh, He created the universe without using up the least amount of his energies and his powers. It wasn't a strain on him to make the stars also after he had made everything else. But honey, I'm here to tell you, he put everything he had in her because he put his life on the cross and shed his blood. I say he loves her. In her we find his people. In her we find his passion. He was thinking about her in the beginning. He reveals it in the shedding of his blood. But he keeps on sending her letters. A book. It's about the book. This is the DNA of the church. Our DNA goes all the way back to the beginning. It goes all the way back to the blood. And thank God it is connected, being born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the Word of God that liveth the Bible forever. It's connected to the book. Here's my question. If he loved the church that much, don't you think we ought to love her? Uh, Hereby we know that we love him because we love the brethren. 
This is not a flippant relationship. It is not frivolous. It's not a fling and it's not puppy love. He loves her with his heart and with his whole heart. He loves her. Now the the world may be dismissive of her. The world may account her as an old maid. And they may see only the ugly or they may see only the bad. But I'm going to tell you, whatever's in there, he loves her. I remember the first three times that I went to church. Wasn't raised in religious circles. Through the providence of God, I went to church and they did it a little different. The preacher would preach and then there was a deacon that would give the invitation. And forgive me if this describes you, but he was a bald-headed deacon. And when he would get up and give the invitation, it just looked like he was pointing straight at me. And somebody asked me after that third day, how'd you enjoy church? I said, I didn't. I don't like that bald-headed deacon pointing his finger at me. But it was on that afternoon, walking down a little alley, Cleveland, Ohio, between 46, 47th Street, Clark and Train, that the Holy Ghost showed up. Jesus introduced himself to me and he saved me and birthed me into the family of God. And I'm going to tell you, on that next Sunday morning, there was an urgency about me to go to church. I wanted to go where she was because I've been made a part of her. And she's the one that had told me about him. And I figured she might know a little more and I'd find out a little more. And I'll never forget going into that church and one of the first ones I run into was Bubby Slack, the bald-headed deacon. And he embraced me and hugged my neck, honey. And I'll tell you, God brought us together. Why? I'm going to tell you why. I love her because he loves her. In her we find his people. In her we find his passion. It's all about her. I don't want to offend anybody here this morning. I am patriotic. I'm glad I'm an American. Glad I thank God I was born in America. But when we say the Pledge of Allegiance, Jesus doesn't put his hand over his heart. He didn't die for a country. He didn't die for a nation. He didn't die for a society. He died for her. He died for her. (laughs) And he loves her. In her we find his people. In her we find his heartbeat. We find his passion. But the last thing I want to emphasize is in her. I'm talking about the bride, the body. And the building. In her we find all his provisions. Yes. All his provisions. There's some things in these churches that came out of him. He's the only one that had it. If you look in verse number four, John talks about a couple of them there. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace. That's a church word right there. That's right. You can't buy that at Walmart. He gave that to her. Right. <laughs> Are you hearing me? He gave that to her. 
And ain't nobody else got it. Ain't no institutions or organizations in this world got it. He gave it to her. And then he said, not only grace be unto you and peace. <laughs> Search the world over anywhere you want to go. And you ain't going to find peace. Uh, honey, you can't buy it. It ain't for sale. It was his. He is peace. And he gave it to her. And one of the reasons why I knew I'd, something had happened to me walking down that little alley that day is because though I'd not heard it, I'd not heard about the amenities of salvation. I didn't know peace and joy and all those things came with it. But honey, I'm going to tell you, there was a peace that came over me. And I went to bed that night and slept like a baby. And I found out later that's the peace of God. He gave it to her. He talks about love in, uh, uh, to the church at Ephesus and then also to the church at Thyatira. He calls it charity. He speaks two or three times about love. You can't get the love of God anywhere but from Him. But He gave it to her because in her we find all of His possessions. Now, You know, Jesus being the first begotten, as a result of that, everything that belonged to the Father, He gave to the Son. You do know that. And He said so in Luke chapter number 10, verse 22, All things are delivered to me of my Father. I got it all. I mean, He got everything. He got all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He got all the preeminence. He said he's given him a name above every name. He got the position. He said to which of the angels did he say sit here on my right hand? If God had it, he gave it to his son. But you know what his son did with it? He turned around and gave everything he had to her. Lord! Stock and barrel. He put it all in her. Oh, I'm glad that we've got it. Ephesians 1 verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Thank God. Everything the Father gave him, he prayed in John 17, I pray that they'll be one with us, even as we are one. And thank God we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean he's got half and we got half. It means we both own it all. There ain't nothing that God had we don't own. Because he gave it to her. All of the blessings and all of the benefits, whether we're talking about peace or whether we're talking about grace or whether we're talking about love or whether we're talking about hope, as he mentions in here, it was all given to her, not to the Rotary Club, not to the social gatherings. Which leads me to say, and I'm not talking about buildings and pews and chandeliers. If you get anything, you got to get it from her. Because he gave it to her. And everything I know about him, I got from her. Everything I heard about him, I heard from her. Everything
folks claim that they can get out of nature what they can get out of her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I can get just as much out there Preach it, brother. in creation as I can being with her. Well, the only problem with that is he didn't die for creation. That's right. He died for her. And you might get out there and in creation, you might think a lot of things that you think is spiritual, but honey, you cannot get the emphasis and aspects and blessings and benefits that you can get out of being with her. That's right. Because here's the truth of the matter. If you want to play it direct... And a lot of folks do. They want to bypass the church. Just look around the average. I'm glad it's full today. Average church, honey, they've been dismissive of the church and they somehow feel like they can make it without her. But it don't do you any good to run direct to him to ask for anything. Because all he's going to tell you is, I gave it to her. You go back to her if you get it. No bypassing her to get anything from me. I gave it to her and it comes through her, thank God. Everything. Do we realize, do we realize the awesome potential and power of her? He put it all in her. And if you're going to get it, honey, you're going to have to rub shoulders with her. He doesn't dispense it any other way but through her. If he's going to pray, he'll pray through her. If he's going to preach, he'll preach through her. If he's going to love, he'll love through her. If he's going to walk in the Spirit, he'll walk through her. It'll all come through her. Did I tell you, I love her. sick among you. Folks don't realize what they're missing when they separate from her. He said, if there's any sick among you, let them call the elders of the... said, if you need anything, call her. If, if you want anything, see her. Amen. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even known I needed it unless she told me. I learned what my needs was through her. It's through her I got saved. Yes. Everything I've got's come through her. Did you understand that? Everything I've got's through her. And you think I'm going to run around and criticize her and be down on her and major on the minors, honey? I love her. I love the Betsy Burlesons and the Mr. LaFloys. I'm going to tell you, I love Miss Harrison. I love the saints. I love the body, the bride and the building. I wouldn't be who I am if it hadn't come through her. I think I'll just hang around her. I want to rub shoulders with her. I want to sit with her. Because if I get anything from him, it's a coming through her. Amen. 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 Amen.
That's what he said. I give it all to her. He's sitting there on the throne. She's right here. He said, if you need it, go to her. She'll pray for you. She'll preach to you. She'll teach you. She'll nurture you. She'll raise you up. She'll let you in. She'll let me in. Man, you don't understand how I was raised. I mean, I was raised, taught how to steal. It's a wonder they wouldn't have been a little sheepish of me. But she let me in. And it wasn't long. She said, well, how about you just singing in the choir? I said, do you let people like me sing in the choir? She said, we sure do. <laughs> Especially if you know him. Then it wasn't long. They said, uh, how about you teaching a Sunday school class? I said, do you let people like me teach Sunday school? I said, we sure do. Everything he put in her, she put in me. And then she said, I took you in. Now I'm going to send you out. (laughs) (laughs) You see, you can't get to him unless you go through her. Amen. Did you know that? You can't get no help unless you go through her. And I don't know if we realize that or not. And she's a she's a body. You know that, don't you? And do you know what God gave the physical body? It gave it the power to heal itself. And to deal with those foreign bodies that may come in and try to cause infection. You got what's in your body to take care of every bit of that. If it stays together. If this hand stays with this body, this body is going to give this hand everything God gave it to let it work right. If this leg stays with this body, it's going to get all the benefits and blessings of the whole body that God put in the body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I'm here to tell you, children of God, there's no way you can run off and separate yourself from the body and be healthy. You're going to get sick. That's right. Have you ever noticed those who have left her eventually get sin sick and even physically sick? Because they're away from the source that God has given to heal her and sustain her. I'm talking about the body, the bride, and the building. Did I tell you I love her? Because without her, without you, without the Berman Cape seniors and the Berman Cape juniors and Sister Cape, Without you, without you, I'd have never known it. I'm talking about her. Tell you what we're going to do. 
my part. I want us to stand. And then I want you, you probably won't have to go far. I just want you to hug her and tell her you love her. Hug her and tell her 